Listeners, please stop trying to press your stop button frantically. It does get better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. end of World War II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Age of Conan. an unsuspecting population prompted their revival. These one and a half MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the MT. Listen to those channels. downloading episode 124 of channel massive Woo-hoo. your hosts in this exciting episode are mark hello <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> and eric <Chica-chica>. Whoa. <laughs> oh, explosions <laughs> yes he comes with sound effects even and yeah. i know <laughs> and we uh, and noah needs no introduction for he yes. is the noah yeah, just Noah. That's all. Just Noah. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> His favorite color is clear. He likes clear better than blue or red. We are using the fantastic, marvelous, exotic Skype software to record this episode. So if things don't quite sound like what you're used to, that your might fault, be listeners. Why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could we could probably use like the Ventrilo hosting that our sponsor UGT servers provides, but that would just be crazy. <laughs> but you'd be crazy not to check out Ventrilo yeah. or, uh, UGT servers. <laughs> so he- head on over to ugtservers.com for all your Ventrilo hosting needs. You see how I did that? You see how I did it? That's really weird. And, it was I, and I didn't even natural. mention the I didn't mention the 24-hour tech support or the 13 locations <laughs> worldwide or a 15-day money-back guarantee. It just flowed. Wow. Yeah, we must yeah. be sponsored by a Segway machine. We are sponsored by the Segway. <laughs> 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 if you want to look cool cruising around a college campus in your security guard outfit... I just had a visual of Jason <laughs> cruising around in your neighborhood on a Segway... <laughs> He does it all the time. It's really quite sad, you know. <laughs> you know, especially when what's really sad is he never charges the battery adequately, and the thing craps out, and then it uses its it loses its ability to stabilize him, and he just flips right over. It's it's sad. You and have he lets to help out the lamp. <laughs> dusts himself off and rages at the Lord. The, the rages at the skies above, and then yeah, calls. And he shakes his arm. <laughs> yeah. But it's but all of the temper is taken away because he's got that arm jiggle. Yeah, like so, sausage <laughs> arm jiggle. It's quite sad. Oh, poor Jason. <laughs> yeah, he comes back for one episode and he hasn't even been gone for one, and he's already been put on the Spitfire again. Yeah, we haven't even tortured Jim. Yeah, 
Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> we always like to save the best for last. Yeah. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be talking about what we're playing as usual, and we have a bunch of MMO, general, and weird news for you. We're going to make it a nice little tidy episode, and you can be a part of episode 125, which is like a century plus yeah. a quarter. Which it's like, it's like, um, you know what it is? It's six score and five episodes. Wow, you really know the whole score theme. Yeah, well, Abraham Lincoln helped me. <laughs> oh. So if you want to be a part of that, you can send your emails to mail. Silence. At channelmassive.com. <laughs> M-A-I-L. It's not as easy to do that when we're not all facing each other in a room. No, fortunately, the miracle of audio editing, we'll we'll be able to make that just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Or will we? Yes. (laughs) If it's ever actually, if it ever actually shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Like episode 121, it may just be a phantom episode. The lost episode. Sometimes (laughs) when when you teleport, things just don't come out the right yeah. way. That's right. You know. That's when that's around the time when Star Trek Online came out. And so it and, just got it got lost. And voice over IP technology is very similar to teleportation as we all know. So <laughs> it's hard Could be to, to say me. I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> hard to say. It's all magic to me. Yeah. Well, that exciting scientific discussion has really got me chomping at the bit to continue this episode. A good, because as Arthur Clarke would say, any sufficiently advanced technology is indecipherable from magic. So, um, yeah, you can break you out know. a quote, or you can be vague like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I win. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, you you pwned the literate versus the illiterate. <laughs> right. And don't worry, Eric. I'm lumping myself in with the illiterate because I certainly have not read as many books as Mark. <laughs> I, I don't need your pity. I don't need your pity. I'm on my own. That. I'm illiterate by myself. <laughs> you? Don't you want to be in my non-book club? You're auto. You're auto illiterate. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. He's autonomously illiterate. Awesome. I'm proud of it. Yep. Just don't asphyxiate yourself while you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> auto asphyxiation literacy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not going to read anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not like David Carradine. It'll be horrible. <laughs> no women's we, underwear either while you do it. But anyway, we digress. Sorry. <laughs> we better stop right there before we go any further. Let's get into what and we're That's a wrap. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thanks, listeners. Out of time. <laughs> Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all your Ventrilo hosting needs. Yeah. She's very inaccessible. You may be frustrated. She's a stingy little bitch. <laughs> yeah.
freaking I fully licensed her, and that was I didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> really? No, I only got her 15 minutes at a time, but you know that's enough. <laughs> you got like you got probably 10 left over. Hell. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> Five times three, that's like 40 could- times. Mark, what have you been playing? Um, a little bit of Star Trek Online. Just a little um, bit. Just a conservative amount, you know. <laughs> just like to, to do that. Um, I've been um, playing, of course, my beloved League of Legends whenever I have a little time. Um, and not much to report that would interest anyone. Um, I've been considering actually reinstalling City of Heroes. I don't know why. It's just some weird notion I've had. Um, well, so I might like do how we that. missed Warhammer. Yeah. Are you still subscribed yeah. to City of Heroes? No. No. <laughs> I I finally did, you know, after, what, four years solid of being subscribed, I... You I pulled the life support. Yeah, so... You I caused even more microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, no, now you will never get the free wedding dress. But, you know... <laughs> Do you think do you it, can go so. back to the combat? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see just um you know, they've been adding a lot of stuff. They're gonna do that technology refresh soon. Um and then right now they're doing a beta for the uh dual pistol oh. wielding in um on the test servers for the going rogue or going rouge extension. Does, and that sounds kind that of interesting. Uh, yeah. Oh no, no. I haven't heard if it includes ultra mode or not. I just know that they're. I, I only know about the p- dual pistol thing, which there was already like a, a mastermind, um, like secondary power set that would let you do some pistol, dual pistol stuff. But I think this is like a full on, um, you know, like something that a blaster could have or something. It just sounded interesting. So yeah, dual I'll pistols do- looks aw- Dual pistols looks awesome because. Uh- they're doing they're doing something that I wish was in Champions Online, uh, where they're going to allow you to choose which ammo you can put in your gun. Yeah. So you're going to be able to pull Toxic or Incendiary or anything like that. And what do they call that? Like, it's kind of gun, gun-foo-based or whatever they call it? Oh, it's like, called Gun Kata. Gun Kata, thank you. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, you know, kind of like a lot of the action, cheesy action movies with the... Spinning yeah. around and crossing your arms over and things that are utterly unrealistic but still cool to watch. So look badass. Uh, so I have as well. I haven't played much. I have plans to play much. So that that's probably kind of what's been first and foremost on my mind. Next, <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> it was worth waiting to hear that. Oh uh, yeah. Next. <laughs> 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 Hi, I'm Noah. <laughs> Noah, how long have you been? Um, how, how long have you been an addict? Uh, oh no, sorry. Continue. Yeah, since like I think six or seven years old. Excellent. A long well, time. The first step is uh, denial. So, get, get with. <laughs> no, I'm not an addict. <laughs> oh, I'm not an addict. I'm not an addict. I am not an addict. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Emmy award-winning performances right here. Yes. (laughs) We will be in town all week. We just flew in and boy, our arm is tired. 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if the snow uh, keeps up like this, I'm sure we will be stuck wherever we're at. But, yeah. Listeners, please stop trying to press your stop button frantically. It does get better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, so I've been playing only DS games, unfortunately. I've been playing Glory of Heracles and Miles Edgeworth Ace Attorney Investigations. And it's not, unfortunately, from the perspective that I have not enjoyed these games. It's unfortunate that I don't have any Star Trek Online stories to share with you, which I was hoping I would have. But if you like DS games, and if you would like to be an attorney uh, by night, like I am, I do (laughs) recommend Miles Edgeworth Ace Attorney Investigations. It's got a lot of new, cool gameplay twists and features to it that weren't in the Phoenix Wright, and it's so cool to be able to see all the characters from a third-person perspective walking around versus the pseudo-first-person action that it had before. And it's got still really great writing. So now this is the question. I, this is the question I got about that. Um, yeah. Do you have to? Is it is it going with the story of all the others? Because I am so behind on that series. Can I just start off on Miles Edgeworth, or has it built up from from Phoenix Wright? Oh, you can totally start up with Miles Edgeworth. I don't think Phoenix Wright has even been mentioned once, and I'm in the fourth case right now. Great, but th- there are characters that have cameoed from previous adventures and there's moments where miles will say oh yeah several years ago i met this person and that'll be in a previous game but it's not required for you to appreciate what's going on or to understand what's going on it's just like really very subtle references that don't make a big deal but yeah it's it's a good game you just have to be prepared to deal with miles edgeworth's personality which is very different from phoenix right and apollo justice who have kind of they're they're do gooders and they're kind of quirky and goofy and but still good natured. Whereas Miles Edgeworth is very haughty and thinks he's better and smarter than everybody else, and so he's always correcting people and telling them what proper etiquette is and acting incredibly proper himself, which so that, can be a little bit dry. That's not H O T T I E, but H A U T Y. H A U G H T Y. Very close. Oh, you just corrected hey. someone. You're fucking Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> <laughs> After you said it, it, I could totally see it spelled, but I was like, oh, I shouldn't have started that. <laughs> I hadn't thought about if someone would interpret that as H-O-T-T-I-E. <laughs> yeah, you just said he's very haughty. <laughs> I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no embedded porn sequences or anything like that. Just no, but there is abundant cleavage moments. If you, if you're Cleavage's looking for breasts falling out of overly tight stewardess outfits, there is definitely some of that. Perhaps there's more Chetty's lawyer games than I had previously suspected. <laughs> <laughs> they all have a, a good cleavage moment, at least. At least one. At least oh, one character in every game. <laughs> Damn. It's all about heaving bosoms in that game. Oh, I love heaving bosoms. Heave, heave, heave. <laughs> so that's a, I played a little bit of Bookworm, but that's kind of inconsequential. And there's a lot of games that I wish that I could play, but there's just not enough time when I have to play games that I have to review. So that's why that happened. Hopefully next week I will have more to report for you on the Star Trek online front. Eric, what have you been playing? Okay, everybody. And this is why they have me on the show. Hey. Because I sacrificed my real life 
to actually play games. That's so it's right. like, oh, I'm I'm busy. I have work to do. Fuck that. I'm playing games. That's so right. So here's the list. Here's the list. Okay. First things first. Star Trek Online. You know that released. I played some of that. I'm really enjoying it. It's just with all the other games that are also releasing or coming out. I've I've always been on when no one else is on, and it has it has a very similar feel to Cryptic's other game, Champions Online, in that you can hop on, do a couple missions, and you're ready to go. Um, but with with Star Trek Online, huh? Sorry, I said except that you're in space. Yes, in space. Um, they they have a few things though that kind of hinder that hopping on, hopping off kind of kind of a, a rhythm. There are these missions that you do patrols and stuff like that, and if you're not careful, like you'll end up just doing a bunch of those, and it feels it makes the game feel kind of the same. Um, but really, it's kind of sectioned out into like high action, story driven episodes, and then you'll have patrol missions or defense missions that are really just like repeatable missions that you can do a bunch. You can grind out XP if you want. I had the most fun in the uh, like the episodic missions that kind of take you from ground to space. And there have been, like, all over the place you'll hear complaints about ground versus space combat and everything. But I'm enjoying both of them. And I think it's, it's specifically because the space combat seems to be what they focused on the most. And it feels the most strategic a lot of the time. But the ground combat has my actual character that I created, right? And it has yeah. the character creator has way more when it comes to creating your character, and that's the character I want to see, than my ship. The ship doesn't have as much as I'd want. So, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, but when I'm actually playing, I'm having a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Do you find um, that the ship... The ship should be slightly more... I don't know, feel like there's more inertia involved than they kind of are right now? I mean, I, I just feel like they're... Like a little too easy to to move around, or they seem they seem they seem not as I don't get that. Like I don't feel like I'm moving. They don't a seem giant, like they're substantial. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like they should they should. I hate to say it, it should be a little bit more like Eve Online. <laughs> well, they move around like they're Tie Fighters in a way. Well, they're not quite that dexterous, but they move around yeah. a lot more easily than you think they would. Well, yeah. that's that's when you first start out. I mean, you're getting a generic when you first get your your first um, when your first ship. It's it's like a it's like a basic. It's just it's like generic, shuttle class. I don't know what it's called. It's like a well, basic. It's, oh, it's a basic cruiser. Yeah, it's yeah. a basic cruiser is what it's called, and it's it's a it's maneuverable and it's a little bit of everything, right? But depending on once you guys get, because you guys haven't gotten to lieutenant commander or the next step up, right? Um, you get to then, no. depending on your class, you can choose whatever you want. You can choose an escort, which has very little defense uh, compared to the others, but it's high maneuverability and and very high DPS. Okay. Then you've got your cruiser, which that's what I am, and I have even less maneuverability but very high defense. So oh, that's okay. that feels very heavy, and it gets ju- it just gets heavier. And the point is that you're going to be slow as heck, but 
you're going to be able to pretty much stack on so many like phaser cannon arrays and everything that people come to you and you just f them up. Um, and th- there are some really nice abilities. Do you ever get a range beyond ten thousand meters? Um, I don't know if the torpedoes do it, but that that I think that ten k is like is is pretty standard for what you do. The problem is I'm just a cruiser, like I'm the engineering class, and I'm going with everything that engineering sticks with. So oh, okay. I don't know I don't know how the escort the um the escort or the science vessels work, and I don't plan on ever really buying one unless I have extra cash. Oh, okay. so, but anyways, anyways. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt your your weekend gaming. I just no, it's totally okay. It's totally okay. It's just I I know I go way too long with these things. Anyways, so um, next thing, Champions Online. Um, I recently for the uh, podcast of Champions, I submitted my costume. Uh, they they wanted a a super group costume, right? It's a great show over there. And they wanted some kind of co- official costume, so they'd go off and play their play their like uh, group events. They could have like some kind of official costume. So I went in depth and I created this awesome like five part costume set that people could choose from. Um, also, almost to forty, almost to forty in that game. Like oh, I, I'm not- so busy with other things. Once I get to forty, they've introduced a really awesome thing called Nemesis Confrontation, where Pretty much, you and four other people get to fight all of your nemesi at the same time, and you earn oh, a bunch of stuff. Yep. Yeah. But recently, the in a patch, they like they've been trying to fix up stuff a lot. Like it's at some at one point it was it was pretty unplayable for me. So I think that was the a lot of complaint went their way, and they they finally kind of got in the picture that they have to talk to the community, and they're they're very transparent about things now. Like, they're telling us exactly almost by week what they're working on. So it's it's pretty nice, you know? That's um, great. Let's see. After they, that, don't have to hide, they don't have to cover up their secret projects. Like, like uh, man, next patch, the, the we'll be able to make the ladies' boobs four times bigger than they are with, with full um, bouncy motion like in Dead or Alive 4. Yeah. In truth, I think that's probably going to be a C-store item. Yeah. That would yeah, be awesome. So any anyone buys it, they can flag them for, for any kind of uh, illicit behavior. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy's a freak. Four times, four times, no way. Okay, okay. Anyways, n- next thing, kind of like the weird thing that I just wa- I just wanted to help out the community. Stargate Resistance. I went ahead and bought it. Wow! Can so one like, yeah. for the team. What's the occasion? Well, no, I mean, it's you hear you hear so many things about Stargate Worlds, right? I mean, they had that big huge scandal about, you know, the website coming up and and these guys not being paid for a certain amount of weeks and it was tallying it, you know, that thing. It's like 4 weeks without them being paid or something, you know. And yeah, you can but, clearly yeah. You can, yeah, and you can clearly see that Stargate Resistance, in a way, is very much like Torchlight. Um, Torchlight's very transparent about it, though. They said, we are making Torchlight just so we can get our MMO out there. That's all we're doing, you know? And Stargate Resistance feels very much like it. Um, it's it's a it's kind of like a Team Fortress 2 um, variation. You know, you've got the all of the classes from SG-1, which is the series, um, also the movie... 
You've, you've got like uh, soldiers, snipers, you've got scientists who have turrets. Then you, on the bad side, you've got the Jaffa, which are the kind of like the soldiers. I think that's what they're called. The Goa'uld, which are uh, are healers. They're kind of like medics, you know. And then you've got the, um, oh, you would like this, Noah. There are these things called the Ashrak, which are pretty much like. They're what? <laughs> lawyers. <laughs> no, almost lawyers. Just imagine if a lawyer could turn invisible and had a blade that could backstab and instant kill you. Kind of like the um, the character from Warhammer, right? That that Noah would always play. Oh, the witch elf. Yeah, the witch elf. They nerfed it before they nerfed it to 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 do anything. Yeah, so very much like that. You turn invisible, you go and backstab and instant kill people. Um, It's kind of got like a weird setup because they were going with like I think it's called like asymmetrical balance, which is weird. Like it's you know some kind of which means unbalanced. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. So, like, the, the good guys are really good with ranged, and the bad guys are really good with close like cl- uh, close combat, right? So, if you, I love playing the bad guys. If you're not organized, all you do is pretty much just run up against a brick wall and die all the time, because everyone's a sniper, and they're just headshotting you, and you're just giving them points. Um, it's a bit unbalanced, but it looks really nice. It was only 20 well- bucks. And it's it's helping me feed other people's kids. I think it's really cool you did that. I think that's that's like awesome to to do that. You know, to put your money where your mouth is, kind of, and and um and hopefully it really pans out. You know. Yeah, and I um, totally understand that sometimes. I mean, it it might just pay the deficit that they've created. We might never get Stargate Worlds. But very much right now, just playing the game a little bit, I've only put about 10 hours into it, and I play it kind of as my cool-down game before I go to bed. But I very I very much get the sensation that I wanna, I'm want to. i in like a Battlegrounds area, and that for some reason I should be able to leave this area and then go and play the PvE, you know? Oh, yeah, you already feel like they've... Yeah, yeah. I, I want to explore the world because these the, there's there are three sections. I won't go into any more detail, but there are three different events like capture the flag and domination and all that stuff. And you very much want to just leave and then go explore. Um, so I hope things work out for him. Um, last last but not least, Alads Online just released. It's a couple days ago. Um, it was crazy. Like the amount of people that were in it, insane. Um, luckily, the developers know how that kind of things work. So the the re the refresh rate, the respawn rate for the mobs, pretty darn fast. Like you can kill an enemy and it's already respawned back. For the amount of people oh, there, yeah, it was it was needed. It was needed because there are just tons and tons of people. Um, it runs beautifully. I tested it on a desktop and a laptop. Um, it's got enough mechanics that are different. You know, a lot of people will say it's a WoW clone, but if you play it more than, I don't know, a few hours, you definitely realize there are mechanics that are being introduced that are, if not completely original, they're, they're directly responding from WoW. They're, they're changing in response to how WoW worked, and they're different, and they're new and exciting. So uh, it looks pretty. Yeah. It's it's a Russian developed game, is that right? Yep, yep. It's a Russian developed game. It's got a lot of press because I guess there's a there's a lot of money backing it. Um, and it's, 
I was sorry. I, it's just it seems like lately I'm really starting to be impressed by these games that are coming from, um, you know, like <laughs> former former countries that were the USSR. You know, mm-hmm. um, like Gallows Online is awesome. Um, Stalker, I I just think that game is like incredibly cool. Like what the 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 ambience of that game is incredible. And then I'm not. I forget who did Witcher. I don't know if that's just a European thing or not. But that oh. that game also has a feel that really is just. I I just love the worlds that these guys are kind of creating. You know, um, it's just it's kind of neat. It's a it's like a kind of a, a different. They must have a different take on things, and that take appeals to me as a as a gamer. So yeah, it's. I think it's the same. It's the same. Um, intrigue that you get with foreign films, you know? Yeah. Uh, the understanding that, you know, Japanese films, French films, and, and I don't know, like, Swedish films, they focus more on the character or they have a different perspective that when, you, when you're actually either reading quest texts or experience in the world, like, they, you really get the sense that they have a different perspective, and it, it's really appreciated for me anyways. Yeah. Kind of cool. I don't know if I don't know if you have the same feeling, Noah, with some some of the like Nintendo games or or what have you. But yeah, I think that's true. Like a, a similar, well, not a completely parallel example, but I really enjoyed the Blob on Wii, which is a game from. Well, I guess I think originally it was a maybe a Danish student project or, or something like that, and then an Australian developer named Blue Tongue developed the console game and it just had a distinctly different flavor to it than what I'm used to from all of my regular Western and Japanese developed games. And you could just tell just, and it's, it's, it's refreshing when you see something like that. I think the longest journey is another example of a PC game developed overseas by, uh, I think Eastern Europe folks that, uh, well, in a crisis is another example. Yep. Crytek engine Mm -hmm. and, I think that's it. I think what you, you you said refreshing and that that's that's what it is with me. It's like god, I just love this different take on things. It's so fresh. Yeah. And you know, you just you just feel like other other companies have kind of gotten into this kind of a rut and you just know what to expect and then you play one of these and something comes out of left field and you're like Wow, <laughs> you know a new line of thought. Yeah, yeah. Thank God it still exists. You know, it's still possible that somebody can come up with something different. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks so for that's our lengthy what we're playing segment, <laughs> which is only a prelude to the adventures to come or the misadventures, where we get into MMO news next. Anyway, wow. shall we? Should I begin the news while while Eric tries to take that all in? Okay. <laughs> no <Perfect>. pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jason, what time is it? It's time for the weekend gaming. Yeah. Hey guys, it's the hey. MMO news. Sorry, that was a rhetorical hello, I guess. <laughs> yeah, hello, guys. Hey. Hi. Hi. It's the MMO News. Let's start Yay. off. Yay. 
Hello, I, guys. I I don't feel fucking that say one. anything. It's the Hello, <laughs> Mojo Not feeling it. Hey, guys. It's the hey. MMO News. Hooray. What Yay. do we have, Eric? I don't know. I'm kind of not feeling it anymore. Read, Anyways. Read. Okay, Notes. so. Next thing that we're going to talk about, of course, is the MMO news this week. So first things first, okay? If when you guys hear the name Doofus Jones, what do you guys think? Uh, lawyer game. Okay. 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 Well, what I think is a reviewer who gave Global Agenda a five point five out of ten. With only playing the game for six hours. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, here so at Channel games, we usually only give them an hour, so that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like speed run through it, right? That's how it works. Doofus Jones. Yeah, so Doofus Jones was the character name of a GameSpot reviewer who played the game for six hours, gave it a 5.5. In his review, he talked about after 12 hours... You know, certain content goes downhill. After 13 hours, there's you've seen everything. Um, the One of the vets on GameSpot, uh, Justin Colbert, he got on to the forums of Global Agenda because pretty much the people to find this out were the, the actual users, okay? They did all the legwork, and they actually went on to... The database, I guess pretty much the um, Global Agenda has on their website um, a stu- uh, pretty much a character statistics for each and every character who played the game. Kind of kind like, like a, a version of the Armory. Army. Yeah, kind of like the Armory on WoW. And uh, pretty much was able to find out how many matches they played, um, you know, pretty much from the first mission to the last mission. And the total hours were 5.95 hours that they played. And they actually even used the screenshots from the review to incriminate the guy because they were able to use his information to pinpoint certain matches that he was actually playing. So everything worked out. Um, the devs on there, you know, double-checked the information, and uh, the community contacted Justin Colbert. He actually posted onto their website an apology took down the review, and they don't take down review light, uh, reviews lightly, but um, even made a post saying that we want the person to play the game for 30 hours at least, and that he's giving the review over to a different reviewer. So, holy crap. That's all I can say. What do you guys think about it? Well, uh, I'll just say that it, it kind of... Um underscores my my feelings towards game and movie reviews pretty much which is i i have to just see it for myself or experience it for myself you know i i just don't trust reviews in general because it's it seems like you have you have things like this or you have prejudice against the genre or prejudice against the you know whatever the the, the main you know environment is be it like I, you know it could be somebody's like i hate steampunk but i'm gonna review it you know i'm gonna fight my way through it and i'm gonna review this thing and it's like you know i i just don't i don't take them very seriously um and, and i also don't take previews very seriously because typically a preview is is to some degree bought and sold by the publisher so i i i 
you know, I, I'm not surprised. I, I know this happens a whole a lot with, with other games. Um, you know, at least with um, movie reviews, you know, typically a critic sits through the whole damn movie. Um, but w- with an MMO, it's so hard to, um, or even a pseudo MMO, whatever, whatever we're going to call global agenda, but it's so hard to experience all that the game is um, and have a review ready within the first couple weeks of its launch, or in this case, you know, almost right away. So I would say, I would say I'm not surprised. I do think this guy is a mega dork for what he did. You know, he actually lied and said, Oh, and at 12, at 12 hours, it starts to go downhill and at 13 hours, you know, and it, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, man, what, what the hell were you thinking? You know, just, uh, it's horrible. That's my you take. Know, I'm trying to find out who the actual author is because most MMO reviews written at GameSpot are written by the same person. And I really like his reviews, and his reviews usually come out a little later than usual. His Star Trek Online review just came out, which seemed pretty quick by his standards. And what's funny is that all these news stories, they're only talking about the editor, Justin Calvert, who pulled the story down, but he didn't write the review. And I'm trying to find out if it's the guy that wrote that I think would have done it because he writes all the other MMO reviews. And I just, just because I'd be so incredulous if it were him because I really respect his reviews and his writing and feel like he plays the games completely. And I thought the game spot had left this crap behind after the Gersman situation, after the big storm that was caused with Eurogamers review of dark fall. Yeah. You wouldn't think that anybody would be stupid enough to try this again. Yeah, and but. all of the information, because I got this from Massively, all of the links they provide, they're very careful not to mention the reviewer at all. And it's just lucky enough that the the people talking about it didn't mention the, the reviewer's name from what I read. Um, but that could have been some, a major situation. Uh, Justin Colvert, he was, he, was, he was very sure not to mention the person's review. You, he, he referred to him as reviewer. That's it. And that's a big thing that um, Mark mentioned. Like, um, you know, all the content they got through. Uh, one thing that the community made sure to point out was that in that six hours, uh, through this database and the information that they saw, he never joined a an alliance. And he never got to the level, I guess, that was requisite for him to join the conquest mode which is the pay-to-play version of Global Agenda, which is their main source of content, I guess, you know? Before that, to play for free, it kind of comes out to be um, uh, Team Fortress 2, kind of. You know, that's simplifying almost too much. Um, But the Conquest mode allows you to get different areas and stuff like that. He never participated in that. So he scratched the surface, condemned it, and then got crucified (laughs) you know what's funny is that this stuff happens pretty regularly because if you read ign's review of glory of heracles which is a really recent example for me because i had to play through that game and and write a review the reviewer basically says implicitly in the end that if you like the type of things that the game does then you'll have plenty of hours of gameplay unlike the reviewer so the reviewer is basically saying I didn't like this game after just a couple hours, so I quit. And uh, good luck making a purchase decision based on my totally unqualified opinion. But if you like this crap as I've described it, then maybe it's for you. And you'll actually play the whole game, whereas I didn't. 
And it just really ticks me off because my initial impression of Glory of Heracles was similar to this reviewer's over at IGN. And then I actually put in more than two hours of game time and I ended up really liking the game. And I just think these review writers, they get so many games assigned and they get to feeling to be such experts that they can call things really quickly that they just kind of short shrift things. And it's really a shame. Still want the name of that writer. Yeah. I've I've been trying, I've been frantically trying to find it and I haven't been able to come up. Sorry. (laughs) Listeners, if you know, let us know because we want to know. We're Mail. sure it's not Gersman, though. We know that that's not the last yeah. name. <laughs> He's over a giant bomb now, so... Yeah. Good for possibly. him. So for our next story in MMO land, we journey once again, after many trips before, to China. NetEase has finally be given, been given the blessing to release Burning Crusade, the second expansion of World of Warcraft in China. Wow. That is... Yeah incredible yeah Uh, it's crazy okay burning crusade came out in the u.s on january 16th 2007 so that's three years ago now god and that makes me wonder if wrath of the lich king might come out sometime in 2014 or 15 for china and just kind of if it comes out after 2012 it'd be bad because we all know that the arcs are in china (laughs) And that's that true. Will set sail, so it will be gone. <laughs> so, well, the thing I wonder about uh, Wrath of the Lich King, uh, I guess I, I read this randomly somewhere um, that one of the big things that got rejected was um, uh, kind of like skeletons. Just yeah, the skeletons. idea of yeah, yeah, and it's 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 it has an issue to do with ancestry, like um, disrespecting ancestors. You don't you don't have. NPCs or characters that are skeletal in nature. That's the big issue, right? But Wrath yeah. of the Lich King, that's all about skeletons all day. Everything like, is like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it may never come out with that in mind. But yeah, the, the dispute really, as it turns out, is, as we've seen over the months, has really been less about the content of Burning Crusade and more about a political power struggle between two powerful organizations or committees, or I'm not sure exactly how to refer to them within China's government. On one side, you have the general administration of press and publication, and that's who finally gave the blessing. And then the other side, you have some, uh, the, the ministry of culture. And these two groups are just, battling over each other and as Roth Capital Partners analyst Adam Kredzik said these guys, Netties, are essentially stuck in the middle of a power struggle which that really sums it up and I'm glad that they finally kind of moved on from something and it was just it was initially all under the guise of like oh we're trying to protect our, our country's interests and keep corruption from occurring to our people from these western developed games and keep our games competitively relevant in our market and not have that be stifled by foreign competitors. But it's really just a Damn. petty power struggle. Damn Westerners. Yes. Uh, the cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anybody here speak American? Yeah, we've got a game for you to play. A game here called Burning Crusade. 
It's old to us, but new to you. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeehaw. Yeah. Wow. So, well, I'm 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 just relieved to know that they'll be able to uh finally stop running uh some of those <laughs> those old old old. They'll finally be able to make blood elves and drain eye. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. That could Only be... 6 years after the original game came out. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no more molten core, so time to time to <laughs> find a new thing to be stuck on forever. And the last thing is the return of a almighty powerful force in gaming, Mark. Ultima Visionary Richard Garriott is making his triumphant return to gaming. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he has come back. The Starman has returned from outer space. <laughs> and he will now be the technical director of an Austin-based social media company called Portolarium. And they will be developing and pu- publishing online social games, virtual worlds, and related services and products. Uh, neat. Of course, their flagship title appears to be a Texas Hold'em Facebook game called Sweet. I think, based on the random characters, it's Sweet Motherfucking or Sweet Ass Poker. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's like an at sign, a string, and an exclamation mark. Um, I haven't yet blocked it on Facebook, so I'm guessing it's not the most popular dumbass Facebook game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's... So he's gone from Ultima Online... Well, he's gone from Ultima, which was, like, incredible, to Ultima Online, which started, like, the MMO genre as far as, you know, going from MUDs to graphically-based gaming... To Tabula Rasa, which briefly reinvented space combat. Uh, to Sweet Something Explet- Expletive Poker for Facebook. <laughs> well, you, when you can't deliver, <laughs> you just got to get a little bit more realistic about your goals and sl- lower the notch a little bit. Lower, lower the standards. Yeah. It's, it is true. So Sweet Ass Poker... <laughs> looks looks like my new addiction for Facebook gaming, which is funny because I never play Facebook games because I think they're stupid. Um, they are hiring. I, I, I'm going to just check real quick to see. Hey, if I, you know what? Brad McQuaid might be able to get a job there. Yeah. Well, for you, Noah, they have iPhone programmer. So I was thinking that oh. would be reality. That would um, be a perfect match. Yeah. Well, my yeah. my suggestion is for sweet ass poker. Go ahead and buy the collector's edition. Okay. <laughs> and then what will happen when it fails miserably? You can look to your right, just like I'm doing now, and look at the Tabula Rasa. I mean, sweet ass poker box. <laughs> fucking, fucking loved you, man. Why did you do that to me? Yeah, it is bad. kind of sad, and it's it's surprising because Richard Garriott has made no uh, has been far from modest, I think, in assessing yeah. his presence in the games industry and the prowess of his abilities. I believe that's a, a great word to describe yes. his uh, reputation, his self created reputation, and you know, you know, to see him, with, he's coming out with a documentary now. Of the time that, um, from the from the time that he pretty much split off from NCSoft and went up into space, all of that time that he spent training to become 
you know, an astronaut. That was his dream since his father was an astronaut. Yeah, right. He wanted to be going up into space, so he's making a whole documentary out of that. Wow. Well, it's just for him to. He's got to be putting his ego on the shelf a bit. Either that, or he's just so driven by money. I, I just can't understand why he would come back into gaming to make cheesy browser-based so, games on social networking platforms. I mean, that is just so counter to what he's done. And maybe he's maybe he's had some kind of weird reality check or something. Like, maybe I've been doing the wrong thing all along, and I should just set the horizons a little bit lower and a little bit narrower, but. I, I can't fathom why he would bother with this. And I, I don't think that you can hide behind the the cheesy, oh, well, this is the future, social networking and community-based games, they're the future. Well, perhaps, but you're certainly not going to be blazing trails to that future making crap games like Sweet-Ass Poker. Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's like, it's just, I mean, it's almost beneath me, and I'm a nobody, you know? Like, but for him to to do this, I mean, it's just like, I mean, this is the guy that did Akabar and um, Ultima, all the Ultimas, and you know, wrote this stuff himself as a young man and got yeah, it. I mean, public. he truly is a visionary in yeah. some respects. I mean, this and guy, this isn't what you see a visionary doing. <laughs> you don't like retire to, well, not retire, but you don't spend your latter years doing Facebook games. You know, competing with the vampire and gang wars in Farmville. You know, that's just it's it's just it's like no man. I wish he would get back on that horse and fucking bash out a new title that has something in it. You know that that can you know I don't know. Well, it's relevant to his legacy. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it'd be one thing if he were getting into Facebook games and he was making like an Ultima style yeah. RPG for Facebook, something that was truly bold and but broad sweet, visions. But sweet-ass poker? God. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I just, um, I don't know how he could get in on, like, some new MMO project. Like, it seems like, you know, I, I really want to watch this documentary that he's doing, you know, to figure out what he was he was going through, you know, even though it's probably going to be centered around him being the hero, because documentaries mm. still have narratives, right? So he's yeah. still going to be the hero of the story, but I want to find out what he was doing the entire time, the people who were paying 15 bucks a month for Tabula Rasa, hoping it would do well, you know, what he was doing during that time. Because I know plenty of people were playing that game, even though it was broken as hell, hearing news of him training... To go into space. Right. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. absolutely nuts. I mean, I I don't know how someone would give him any more money to actually do anything bigger than this now, you know? I don't know how the business works. I don't know, you know, what's really going on, but it kind of makes sense. It's kind of sad. I think there has to be some sincerity there, and he has to say, okay, the sweet-ass poker thing is not really what I'm doing, but we have to get some capital somehow. So this is how this is how I'm going to get some money. You know, and I yeah. think people would be okay with that. I'd, I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't particularly sure. spend money, but I'd see what happened. You know. Well, yeah. Like unlike Brad McQuaid, I actually sincerely respect Richard Garriott. 
you know, even though he's recently kind of got a knack for self-promotion, he, he, he has done, he's walked the walk and talked the talk and has released things that I've spent so much time as an adolescent playing, you know, and just loving. So, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like being very critical of, of him for this, but I am, you know, <laughs> I am his biggest fan, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that maybe this is just a misleading precursor to something more interesting and epic. Yes, please, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up next, general news. Hey, Eric, this is like a total random thing that I'm going to spout out, and Noah's probably going to wonder why I'm doing it, but... Um, I'm not into anal sex. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Duly noted. Add to the uh, file. <laughs> du- duly noted. Um, thank you for that. Now we're going to get into the general gaming news segment of episode 124. First up... Over the last week, Microsoft had a big unveiling of its brand new smartphone operating system. They took the old Windows Mobile operating system, which was a very poor attempt to try to reproduce a desktop operating system on a small mobile screen, threw all of that out, and came up with something very un-Microsoft looking in terms of its design. It is well, it's, it's similar to Zune's interface, but it's like Zune times ten, and from a gaming perspective. What's most interesting about it is that there is Xbox Live integration. So if you get a smartphone with Windows Phone 7 operating system on it, which already the the hurricane of fans and haters over the last week are like, oh my gosh, this is the next, this is a really big competitor to Android, and it's going to be so cool. And there's all these people saying, I can't wait to have this on my machine. And I've never seen this many people excited I haven't seen people excited like this that I can remember about a Microsoft product, particularly a Microsoft software product. But they are, and it looks really slick. And the the game's perspective that makes it interesting is that Xbox Live is integrated into it in some very clever ways. So if you have a 360 and you have your Xbox Live account, your avatar will show up on your smartphone fully 3D, and animated. You can customize your avatar on your smartphone, and that'll carry over onto your 360, so you can have that same kind of management. And games that you play that are on Xbox Live on your smartphone add to your overall achievement score. There will be achievements integrated, and there will be special games made to take advantage of Xbox Live on a smartphone with their own great features. And some of the stuff that they propose, they, they're going to apparently do a bigger reveal of the software neat aspects, the game aspects of Xbox Live and Windows Phone 7 at GDC next week or in two weeks, depends on when this episode releases. Uh, but they've already said, like, for instance, if you're taking a turn-based game like Checker or Chess or whatever, you could take your turn and then just stop and then say, okay, I'm done. And then your opponent, your friend, whoever it is that's in your phone book, will get a message saying, all right, it's your turn. And then when that person has a free moment, they can go and they can play, and that game will play back and forth over your phones. Uh, Giving you kind of like Facebook-style games, complexity-style games, maybe something greater, but really takes advantage of the mobile platform 
and that you can earn achievement points the whole time is pretty cool. And one of the journalists, one of, I was reading a story of a journalist interviewing someone about this new OS, and he said, would it be possible for you to be playing a game on your 360 or whatever and then take some portion of it onto your smartphone with Xbox Live and continue doing stuff with it and maybe unlocking achievements in some respect or managing the game and then bring all that back into your 360 game. And excitingly, the Microsoft representative said, I can't talk about that, but we have some really cool things coming up, which I think sounds like a really neat potential prospect. I mean, iPod Touch and Apple's products have a really cool store interface, and there's lots of awesome apps coming out there. But they don't have that whole achievement backbone that I think is what makes Xbox Live so addictive and compelling. And it's really cool to see this being brought into the fray and taking portable gaming into yet another competitive arena. That's my take on it. you guys have any feedback on it? Um, well, I had heard that they're, they're abandoning the original Xbox console as far as support for Xbox Live goes. So... Um, well, that's a, 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 a bummer since I still have a real working Xbox. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it is interesting nonetheless that they've, you know, they're going to kind of take it to a new level with the smartphones. So I, I think it's great. You know, I, I personally cannot stand the windows, um, uh, phone operating system. Like it is to me, the most clunky piece of crap ever developed from a UI point of view, especially if you're an iPhone user, it's just like, wow, this is like, so I'm like a caveman here, except I have a phone with a GPS and that can run games and stuff. But, um, it's, it is cool. I, I see, I see your points, Noah, about what it could add that you're not getting with like the iPhone or the droid or any of that stuff. So kind of cool. Very cool. Well, I, um, I think it's pretty interesting trying to get achievements into the going back and forth from the phone it's pretty interesting but the issue that i have is that recently i just got a droid my girlfriend got a droid initially we tried the uh, touch pro 2 which has all this windows architecture on it and everything like that uh, interesting point is that the i guess the the way that apps are developed for each uh, is Pretty much, it only takes a f- you know an hour or so to port uh, a uh, iPod app over to the Windows Marketplace, and they don't have that started. They're going to have that started sometime this year, um, and this seems like they're. It's kind of scary because it seems like this part of this live functionality is being you know worked into what the marketplace will eventually be. And it, they're they're kind of pushing towards like Xbox Live and this marketplace being activated all at the same time, um, and it kind of it kind of worries me because it seems like especially with uh, Xbox Live on PC, um, some of the live functionality with that it's always kind of too little too late. Um, they they always try to get into the game a little bit too late, and they come out with a great idea like this, and they don't properly support it so that's i don't know i'm, I'm not going to judge anything right now but i'm kind of worried about if this is an immediate success like the pc version of xbox live was are they going to just drop it like they did i don't know what do you guys think 
Hard to say. I don't believe that they will. I think that there's just the competition's getting so serious and fierce in the mobile area. I mean, it used to be just the domain of Nintendo as far as mobile gaming is concerned. And Sony's moderate success with the PSP and then Apple's unexpected success with mobile handheld video games, I think it's proven that Nintendo isn't untouchable anymore. And there's definitely a market for other mobile gamers, or maybe the market is capable of expanding. And now everybody wants a piece of that pie because they don't want Apple get that far ahead of the game. Like that company has done as far as music's concerned. So I believe that Microsoft really has a lot of initiative to make this work, especially if it's going to backtrack to the Zune and make the Zune much more of a gaming machine that I think it was always intended to be and so far has not lived up to being. I'll just add one thing, which is as much as I love the iPhone, I really, none of the games that, I mean, there's only been a couple of games that I've gotten for it and I try to watch out for good games that I've found to be really, really good as opposed to when you look at what is on the, you know, available for the DS and even the PSP. I mean, it's, I just don't think the gaming is the strong point for the iPhone. So if they can do something like this for those, um, you know, smartphones running on the Windows um, OS, it could be pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that as I know there's a gazillion games for the iPhone, but the quality is not there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would agree. That's uh, very similar to what someone said on Dojo Show Go just the other night, is that he, the co-host said that he had not seen anything that could compare on yeah. the iPhone to a DS game, essentially. Totally, totally agree. Like, night and day different. Listeners, let us know if you agree. Do you feel that iPod Touch is really the future, and even if the games aren't as complex, their affordability and their accessibility is going to eventually overwhelm the market, and that's where everything's going to go. Facebook games and iPod Touch games. That'd be an interesting point to hear you argue. Send it to mail at channelmassive.com. Our next story backtracks to something that I remember us talking about two years ago. You may remember back in November 2008, so I guess it was a year and a, a quarter ago, a year and a third ago, the... Let's see. I want to make sure I name the author correctly. Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series was all of a sudden slated to be made into video games by a brand new developer called Red Eagle Entertainment, a company that no one had ever heard of, yet quite heartily pounded its chest and saying, we're going to make the best games ever because we are only going to hire the best talent and you'll know our games came from us because it'll they'll be of such high quality that they'll just blow everyone away and i remember talking about it on channel massive back in 2008 in november thinking yeah right we'll believe it when you see it there's only so much money you can throw at things i mean what's that game company mark do you remember that's run by the baseball player and they were trying to make some kind of fantasy mmo that they can't get off the ground 38 studios yes there you go i felt that that was a really good parallel here and it turns out that red eagle's been making a little bit of headway on its claims it's signed on with ea partners for distribution of the game 
and found a Hollywood screenwriter, Chris Morgan, to be the story director. And Chris Morgan, just to provide some perspective, he wrote Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, the fourth Fast and Furious movie, and Wanted. And he's also working on the adaptation of Gears of War, the movie adaptation. So he's going to be handling the adaptation of the Wheels of Time stories into video game format. And the latest development is, I I thought that Red Eagle Entertainment was actually going to hire internally for its developers, but it turns out they're subcontracting Obsidian to do the role. It's it's interesting how it's phrased. Uh, Let let me find it. Um, The Obsidian group is going to work, this is quoting GameSpot, will work with Red Eagle's in-house development team to build out the games for 360, PlayStation 3, and PC. They're going to handle the role-playing game aspects of these, which isn't too bad of a partnership because the people that are in Obsidian, they came from Black Isle Studios. They worked on Fallout, the original one, and Planescape Torment, and since then have worked on the sequels to Knights of the Old Republic and Neverwinter Nights, and they're currently working on Alpha Protocol and the Fallout New Vegas sequel. So these guys definitely know RPGs up and down, and it if you're going to take yeah. a second tier, because I'm still going to call it, they're not first tier, but if you're going to take a second tier developer, Bioware would be a first tier. This would be one of the best ones to choose, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Does this, now, Mark, you're a fan of, to some degree of the Wheel of Time series. Do you yeah. have any renewed interest or, or do you have any maintained interest in this, in the possibilities of these games? Oh, yeah. I mean, I always will. Um, you know, I, I loved the books until they slowed down to a crawl and became just... <laughs> uh, it just seemed like at that point, you know, I was being milked for my money. But, um, uh, which is an interesting mental picture now that I think about it. But anyway, um, I, I, I think that my initial take was Red Eagle was like a game studio, right? But now it looks like they're really much more of a publisher... Um, even though they claim that they are both, it it looks like they are, you know, they're pretty much going to use Obsidian to develop this because they Red Eagle somehow uh, obtained, you know, the licensing to do the this IP, and then in this article on Gamespot, it later talks about how they're they're also prepping a massively multiplayer online RPG and has partnered with Universal Studios on a live action motion picture based on the Wheel of Time franchise. Um, surely to be done in 3D by James Cameron. That's my own, <laughs> my own thing. But um, yeah, it's it seems to me like they're really much more. They're much more. Uh, you know, they're not really a studio. I don't know. I think you put it really well. That's a, a great analogy. In this quote, the COO Larry Mondragon said, "Although Red Eagle Games is both a game producer and publisher." As a new company, we quickly realized that we could benefit from supplementing small in-house technical and creative teams with a proven third-party developer, which sounds to me like they just have project managers. Yes, exactly. So they're spinning it up to say they're some kind of, you know, studio publisher, but they yeah, they're they're basically, you know, they're just they're merchants selling buying and selling intellectual property and making deals to get it um you know, to execute some kind of a of a plan to deliver products 
you know, based on whatever IP they've obtained. And, you know, they're, they're working with, um, known talent like Obsidian Entertainment. I'm a huge fan of about everything they've ever done. Um, you know, Planescape Torment was like the most shocking ever bought for $5. <laughs> you know, you're just like, it wow. It was the most shocking what? It, it was just such a, I bought it, I bought it like, you know, way after it had come out for $5 and was am- amazed at how good it is and the storyline and how strong it is. And then all the sequels they've been trusted to do by Bioware just further, you know, proves that these guys are not, you know, they are not, um, I mean, they're, as you said, they are second tier in that they're not equivalent to Bioware, but they are no one to be, um, you know, you just don't under, underrate them. They're, they definitely can oh, definitely deliver. Not. And they have yeah. a track record. And to be trusted with things like uh, the Fallout franchise to some degree, the Knights of the Old Republic franchise, and the Neverwinter Nights franchise, yeah, they're, they're legit. Yeah, if, you know. if Bioware's chosen them as their go-to folks, Bioware yeah. knows what it's doing. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, would... think, I think this is their chance to come into their own, uh, because, I, I don't know, being second tier to Bioware, you have even less leeway when it comes to deadlines and things like that. I know with the second um, Knights of the Old Republic, um, fans had issues with it just not being finished, and it wasn't particularly Obsidian's fault, it was just deadlines and everything like that. At least that's what it comes down to when you read a ton of forums or you're trying to research the game because you're trying to replay it or something like that. That's what I had. Um, that it comes down to they're not really mad at Obsidian. They did with what they could. That's what it really comes down to. So with these kind of projects like Wheel of Time, like I really hope for them that they have enough time and they have enough you know, just development skill to create something that's going to fit with the series because this... Yeah. The fans of Wheel of Time may not be as many as some of the other bigger series, but I'm sure that they're as loud when something goes wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was for a while there. It was kind of considered um, by by most in the you know readers of the fantasy genre that you know Lord of the Rings was by far number one, unsurpassable by anyone, but Wheel of Time was a second, you know. And now it looks like maybe um, there's a there's a new series by this Martin guy um, that maybe is starting to usurp that. But you know, it it was so epic. It, it you know it was just humongous. And and really, one of the MMOs that I played the most of was a um, a mud. I guess I'll call it just a mud based on the Wheel of Time, that was totally enjoyable. It really worked. It was a great world to, to work, you know, to play around in. And so I try to be, you know, I try not to be too much of a fanboy, but I'm totally excited by the thought of this. And and to have it be Obsidian working on it, just awesome. So well, yay! good to hear. Keep, keep <laughs> the faith, Mark. Keep the I'm faith. Keeping, I'm keeping the faith. I just hope it actually uh, doesn't take, you know, 3,000 episodes to have anything actually happen so (laughs) (laughs) so let's take a a step back to iphone the a disturbing trend in the state of game development where everybody's putting their money and their their develop their their programmers mark gamma sutra has an article called state of game development survey reveals iphone support surge we lull and uh, Slashdot kind of re 
regurgitated this with their own headline, which basically implied that people were uh, leaving um, Wii development, dropping it like uh, like it was a bad habit and moving over to the iPhone. But mm-hmm. having read through a little bit of the highlights from this, I, I don't quite gather that same impression. But uh, basically, um, Gamma Sutra's got a sister service called Game Developer Research, and they've released their latest report, which is the 2009 to 2010 State of Game Development Survey, revealing, among other things, it says a surge of iPhone developers and a lull in those making games for the Wii. It's a 100-page report, and it's the result of a survey of more than 800 video game professionals from North America and beyond, and they, they're Gamma Sutra readers, subscribers to Game Developer Magazine, or they've gone to the Game Developers Conferences, the GDC, um, and they they kind of worked through this whole thing and it eventually became a report. Um, anyway, they, they kind of go through the, the results of a 55 question survey. And, um, let's see, here's some of the, here's some of the highlights. Um, there's been 7% growth in the proportion of developers employed by companies of 50 employees of fewer. Well, in sharp contrast, the proportion of developers at companies of 500 or more developers or employees has fallen by 2%. So, wow, does that imply that the indie game developer market is on the rise due to different ways to distribute, such as um, Xbox Live and or you know different platforms like the iPhone? Maybe. That's kind of a cool thought. They went through a whole bunch of stuff, and... Um, it looks like mobile developers is really mobile development is really on the rise. Nearly three quarters of the group of mobile developers are targeting the iPhone and the iPod Touch. A number more than twice the reported support for traditional handholds like DS or Sony PSP. So that's quite a few people targeting those as opposed to the more traditional handhelds, which I I think is kind of interesting. When they talk about the choices of development platform. It seems like it's pretty much stayed the same. Um, over 70% of the developers said they were developing at least one game for the PC or Mac, including browser and social games, which is right on the rise slightly from last year. 41% reported working on console games. Within that latter group, Xbox 360 was predominant, um, with 69% of console developers targeting it, followed by 61% for PlayStation 3. So... At, if you add 69 and 61, you don't get 100, so that's kind of an odd way to say it. But <laughs> um, <laughs> It's kind of interesting. I, I don't know. You know, you can you should probably go and check it out yourself so if you're really interested. It's on Gamma Sutra. It's easy to find. I don't know. I, what are your thoughts, Noah? I mean, I, I just don't see it as like a death knell to the Wii by any means. Um, it just means a lot of developers are focusing on mobile and and of mobile the iPhone is predominant right now i I think what's happened is that there was a gold rush on the Wii where you could make really crappy games and people would buy them because there are so many people with Wiis who don't know what makes a good game versus a bad game. They're just like, right. "Wow, this is a mini game compilation. I'll buy this one disc and I'll get." 20 little games and surely I'll like a bunch of them, even if I don't like all of them. And even if these are crap games, they're definitely more expensive to produce than a crap game on the iPhone. And I think this is just 
I'm not surprised here. There's a big shift. I think there's two reasons, but I definitely think one reason is that shovelware developers have realized, hey, we might be able to make even more money. We might be able to have a much better competitive advantage by making games for the iPhone. They can be smaller. They can have less detail. They can be less featured. And yeah, they don't command as high of a price, but it's really hot right now. Let's go there because the Wii was really hot. But crap, we can't compete against Nintendo's first-party titles, which I think yeah. is the other thing. And we've it's, we've already covered the fact that the, <laughs> at least to my 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 take on it is iPhone games are not quality. I mean, I I have still yet to find one that I would compare to anything I played on my Wii. Yeah, and it's just or the, DS. The standards are a lot lower there, and so I'm not surprised to hear a bunch of people are like, "Yeah, let's do that." And there are EAs out there in Activisions that are like, oh, right, we're going to put lots of money behind mobile development. But that is not necessarily a sign of any long, ongoing trend. And it is high time for Nintendo to start revealing new hardware anyways. And I'm sure when that happens, all of these numbers will shift back in Nintendo's favor yet again. Yep. I think that's a good, that's a pretty good take on it. Eric, any thoughts? Agreed. When I first, when I first read this, um, the title of it, I completely thought that they were trying to challenge the Wii DLC. When it comes to the Wii Marketplace, purchasing online games and everything like that, you read the title and it kind of makes sense. You're sure. It's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, they, like, um, uh, pretty much Wii, Nintendo, does not advertise Wii properly. Uh, I know you can probably get this on our on a show somewhere on Nintendo Joe. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard it. Um, but the Wii Marketplace is terrible compared to the iPhone Marketplace. Just the general setup of popular game versus uh, unpopular game. Games of the week and everything, iPhone has it is has it pretty much uh, down when it comes to f- exposing new people to new games. Um, I don't think Nintendo has that. Uh, comparing it to Nintendo, like, hard disks compared to, um, like, iPhone's digital content, it kind of feels off to me somehow. I don't know why. Like, uh, I don't know. what. Does that make sense to you guys? What do you guys think? Sure. No, it totally makes sense. It's just... It's, it's just a totally... And there's very different ways of going about it, about it. Um, again, I'm just reinforcing the point that I, I'm really disappointed in the gaming experience that the iPhone offers, and the thought that you know maybe maybe this means maybe another way to look at it is that um, real developers are going to start releasing apps for the you know games for the iPhone as opposed to. Um, you know, some guy that's really good with Objective-C that releases some little stupid tower defense game or something, you know, maybe a game with an actual point in a story will come out that will be really good, you know, but, um, right now I, I wouldn't look to my iPhone for that experience. I'd look more to my Xbox 360 or my Wii or something, you know, PlayStation 3 or a PC game. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Bye, bye out. Shall we move on to our final other news item? Yes. Of Ultimate power and excitement. 
Sid Meier's name still being tacked on the games. <laughs> unlike unlike Richard Garriott, that's not a surefire plan for failure. Um, have you guys, either of you guys ever at any point in your life loved a Civilization game? Loved it long time. You loved it a long time, Sailor? Civilization, yeah. when, well, I didn't get into strategy games until Mark made me play StarCraft, so... <laughs> <laughs> And by made, he means that, well, yes, we, while we did hold his head underwater in the toilet, um, <laughs> it was a subtle thing, not any, you know. And they are, I, I now crave for more strategy games, but th- there's just so many other things. And since that's one of my newer interests, my other older, more established game interests take precedence. I wish that I had had. Civilization's turn-based, isn't it? It's not real-time, yeah. right? It's not real-time. It's turn-based. Yeah. And that's something I haven't experienced yet as a, a turn-based game, a strategy game. Well, I'm gathering from Eric's response that he's a big fan, so I'll, I'll charge on um, with <laughs> considering my question answered. Fire Axis, maker of um, recent versions of Sid Meier's Civilization, has announced... A full-scale Civilization V for the PC. Uh, this story also covered by Gamma Sutra. Guess what? 2K Games announced developer FireAxis Games is working on the next main entry in the long-running alternative history strategy series Sid Meier's Civilization V. And it's due out this fall for the PC. Um, the, so Civ Four came out about five years ago, and it changed a lot um, because it had... It had some like new concepts. It had um, almost a play by mail feature where you could kind of send turns back and forth to to, to your friends and and play these games, you know, over a long period of time. Um, it had the concept of culture, and you could have like a civilization that wasn't a, a military powerhouse, but you had a culture that was so uh, viral and so overwhelming that you could actually conquer other. Uh, you know, opposing civilizations with your culture alone, which was kind of a cool concept. It's like, yes, because we we have McDonald's, we will conquer you. You know, you will love our McDonald's <laughs> and you will join us. And, and you could actually see the influence of your culture on the map, you know. Um, so anyway, Civ Five, they, they're just starting to get the details and screenshots. Uh, one thing that cha- has changed is it now is using a hex-based map, which is wonderful to me because it reminds me of old Avalon Hill games like Squad Leader and things like that. It looks really cool. Um, it should still have all of the wonderful features of Civ, Civ 4. should be very modifiable, um, but it's also going to have uh, social networking integration. Specifically, Facebook is, is mentioned. And I just thought, wow, that would be really cool because I'm so tired of hearing about people's Farmville status and their, their fucking vampire whatever they're doing with that or such and such has sent you a artillery shell for mob wars or something like that. It's like, I would just love to rather than that say, okay, motherfucker. So you can grow like four fields of corn. Why don't we play some Civ five bitch, you know, like, like take them into my little world as opposed to trying to play these super casual, super stupid games, you know, on Facebook, which I, I block all of them anyway. So, I, I don't know. That's kind of cool. Um, I think it. 
I think it's going to be interesting because I thought Civ Civ one through three were kind of you know they were evolutionary, but not with anything really major happening. But Civ four was a really big step forward, and it actually I think was was putting the the technology at the time uh, to to work. I mean, you when you got into a later stage of the game, you could see. You could feel your PC actually struggling to calculate everything that was happening between turns. So I'm expecting Civ Five to also be a, a really big leap forward. I, I hope I'm right, but um, if it is, uh, um, one way or the other, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I can't help it. I've I bought all of them from Civ. I think Civ Two forward. So um, it's 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 pretty exciting for me. Yeah, one of the, the scariest things about civilization is I could just right now go and play Civ 1 and I'm good. Like, yeah. The mechanics yeah. are there, the game yep. is there, and they can change whatever they want to make it a sequel. But right. as long as they have the core mechanics of Civ 1, it can look like 2D ass. But it still, it's got it that. Won't matter. It's won't got matter it. Whatever yep. it is, Civ is it. And I, did you ever play Alpha Centauri? Uh, I heard about it, but I never went into it because Civ. Well, you know how in Civilization, you like your 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 ultimate uh, aim is to well, there's different ways to win, but one is to get into the space age. Yeah. Uh, Alpha Centauri like takes off from there, and you've actually landed on the other planet somewhere in the Alpha Centauri um, galaxy, or not galaxy, but solar system, and and then it's like all based on Civ, but it's with crazy, weird alien technologies and, and different things. And it was really fun. I mean, it was just like, it was so cool. It was such a cool variant of the whole Civ thing, and, and it really took off from there. And then, so, oh, go ahead. So this is a, so this is a, from a different company who developed the game, but it's in direct response to a Civ game. So you can see that they were completely inspired from it. No, it was, uh, I believe it, if it wasn't, it was, I think it was the the publisher that had the Civilization franchise previous to Fire Axis. It was the okay. Sid Meier thing, fully endorsed. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and it was just really cool. And, and if you've ever heard um, Jason and I, like, talk about mind stapling as an atrocity, that was, that was one of the things you could do to your population when they got out of control. Gotcha. So... I've always wanted to mind staple someone that pissed me off. So yeah. <laughs> all from that. Pretty excited, man. I'm mm-hmm. really excited. It'll and be it'll fun. be my quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your corner. Pay my quiet time. Yep. Well, I might I mean, actually if, give up League of Legends for it. Who knows? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and if it has if it has some kind of multiplayer, we can, you know, say, Okay, 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 we're gonna go ahead and play this. Week later, yeah. we haven't played it. Month later, we haven't played it. God, we're gonna play that together one day. Well, the way great. the way the way it worked with Civ Four was like I said, they had a play by mail thing to where you could you'd like make your turns and send it to everybody. But mm-hmm. what they're they're talking about with Facebook integration, it'd be really cool if somehow they got it set up to work with Facebook to where you you know you log into Facebook and it's like, hey, dude, you need to make your your Civ Five um, turn, and then you make it, and then it tells everybody else on Facebook that you're playing the, you know, current match with that. It's their turns to play it. That'd be pretty cool, oh, you know. That would be really uh, good. 
I think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to think of the logical, logical extension of their play by mail thing. They also had a network play option too, which was great because then you just play your turns, you know, concurrently, you know, really fast. But mm. play by mail is perhaps one of the geekiest strategy game options of all time. It's almost as bad as playing doing play by mail chess, you know. So <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> cool. Well, that wraps us up. Shudder. Noah shudders. That wraps us up for general gaming. We will be moving on now to our next section. So don't fucking implode the podcast before I get to go to E3, motherfucker. That's it. It's over. This is the last episode. We're fucking done. How do you... Uh, Hey, can can you put your asshole near the internet so I can shove this bottle up it? Yeah! Boom! I don't think... I don't think technology works that way. Awkward. Just, just guessing. Um, but I could fire up Second Life and be a cheerleader <laughs> named uh, Dolly you for you. Totally uh, that on there. Yeah, Rain so. of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheerleader. Her name is Rio and she dances on the sand. Hey, everybody. It's time for the weird news. Uh, okay, everybody. Lego Robot solves any Rubik's cube in less than twelve seconds. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know if you've seen this floating around or not, but there is a robot made of Legos that can pretty much figure out anything if it's a, a Rubik's cube. Stormer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much anything if it's a if it's a Rubik's cube. Now, so it's called the Cube Stormer, just like Mark just said. I think I just karate chopped my microphone. Good, um, good job. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> so the Cube Stormer, uh, you have to look this up if you haven't seen it, um, because you just won't believe it. Um, it's it's a it's a machine made out of Legos that pretty much is like the circular machine that solves Rubik's cubes. I don't know what else there is to say. It does it in under 12 seconds. Okay? So the I think the world record is officially like 7.8, 7.08 or something like that by a person. Yeah. And this thing can consistently do it in under 12 seconds. That's pretty darn amazing. And uh, the speed it does it, it's surprising that it doesn't tear itself apart. Cause it's I know. Yeah. It's, it's like, wow, man. Can we like take these guys brain power who came up with this and like reinvigorate like NASA or something. Yeah. My God. That's just, it's insane. And it's just fun to watch. There's actually a video of it out there and it has, it consists of four little hands sticking in from the compass directions, essentially. And this, is it a uh, hexagonal or is it octagonal? It's um, octagonal. Yeah. It's septangonal. It looks like a stop sign. <laughs> yeah. A Stargate. Some have said it looks like a Stargate. It does look kind of like a Stargate. And it's got these four little hands, and you just you put the little mixed-up cube in there, and there's all these, like, flashing LED lights of all these different colors in the inside as it spins the cube around with the base hand, and then just rotates, 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 spin, 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 rotate, rotate, and then it flashes, and it's done. While a timer on the laptop goes off, and it's just so cool to watch, it is totally Skynet ready. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we can do this, what else can we do? My God. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It is. And speaking of beautiful things, Chronicles of Riddick, the movie series. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this comes from, uh, wow, Inside Movies at MoviePhone.com. And it's really funny because it's it's a snarky kind of article written by a guy named Scott Harris who's kind of like, I mean, the, the, the title is Riddick 3 Somehow Being Made. You know, and it, it, it clearly illustrates that he thinks it's a sad little franchise that sucks. However, I disagree. I think that Pitch Black fucking ruled. I think Chronicles of Riddick was what Star Wars um, Episode 4 through 6 should have been. I, I thought it was incredibly awesome in the way they did it. You know, it cost $105 million to make or whatever, or $116 million. It was incredibly good. Um, I, I love it. I, I even like the little um, weird anime thing that supposedly happens between Chronicles of Riddick and Pitch Black. But it looks like they're going to make a Riddick 3. And what they're saying is that basically due to um, aftermarket DVD sales and especially the, the popularity of the games based on the franchise, they've got enough going to think that it's worth doing. And I'm totally psyched because as far as sci-fi goes, this stuff's awesome. The character, the Riddick character is like totally cool. Um, the way that they did the, the way they filmed it, the way the, the whole thing, I just really appealed to me. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just like a big old fanboy here, but, um, what do you guys think? I'm actually really excited about it. I remember before the first Chronicles of Riddick movie, not pitch black, the officially titled Chronicles of Riddick movie came out. The Vin Diesel was saying that it was, it was the start of a trilogy. And now since then they've packaged pitch black, the half hour anime episode and the first Chronicles of Riddick movie. And they call that the Chronicle trilogy. Right. It definitely is not what the original vision was. And I really love the world that was created in these movies. And I thought it was really cool that the director decided to go out on a limb after his indie horror movie, a sci-fi horror movie, and then make a space opera adventure movie for the next one with just a really cool alien menace. That was kind of like, kind of like a, Borg in a way in that it's like yeah. this weird death worshiping yeah uh, like a death culture assimilating Borg. yeah yeah race of aliens and you know they had some really great actors and actresses in there and I, I thought it was fun and I was really excited to see more movies and I was disappointed that it got bad reviews and a lot of people pissed on it for lack of a better word uh, and I'm really happy to hear that Vin Diesel is coming back to it because the video games have shown that there's still an interest in these worlds and in that character. And I think it's aside from his fast and the furious character, I think it's the most marketable thing that Vin Diesel has to work with at this point because triple X ain't doing anything. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm right there with you, Mark. I'm looking forward to it and I'm excited to see where the story goes next in that franchise. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, not particularly for the, the movie itself, just because I do like I do like the world that they've created. Um, yeah. I I like what they did with Pitch Black. I really enjoyed Pitch Black. Um, and the game that was released before the initial you know Chronicles of Riddick movie that was supposed to start a trilogy, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, was it Escape from Butcher Bay? Yeah. 
That's and it. that's the yeah. one thing that cemented, yeah, that's the thing that cemented the lore for me and that got me interested in the world. And that's what made me get through the entire movie, okay? That last <laughs> movie that came out, in truth, I, I love the setup, I love the characters, um, the basic premise of the story was interesting. The issue that I had is that they changed the main character. And I think it's because they Hollywooded it up. They had to make concessions for trying to create a blockbuster hit. But the 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 character of Riddick in the video game, in Pitch Black, I, I, I don't agree that he would act the way he acted in that last movie. Because he had those weird kind of Chuck Norris, Van Damme <laughs> taglines, right? Where right, right before he did something really badass, he would go... And stick that up your tail hole, or take this, you know. And Pitch Black and the the video game, he was a stone cold killer that had some yeah, kind was. of weird moral, uh, had this weird moral rule in his head. His psychology had him act sometimes like a good person. He was a really complex character without yeah, saying a lot a of character. things. You know, he, he didn't th- he didn't say a lot of dialogue. To create right. this weird mis- mystery in the movie, I didn't like it as much. It felt like he was a classic, stereotypical hero. I hope, and I, really, what I think that was was the the control that Vin Diesel had with Tiburon Studios and creating the game, and the lack of control he had when it came to creating your average movie. You know, so I hope in this this movie, it's a smaller budget movie. They have to be more creative, like Pitch Black, because, man, that that was great. I think I'm done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> great. Well, thank you. Listeners, that's a wrap for episode 124. <laughs> a long story journey through news and video games. We hope you like the show, and we hope you will be in our email section next week. Send your comments, thoughts, accusations, and taunts to mail at channel. M-A-I-L. Mail. <laughs> there we go. I almost have given up waiting for it. I'm glad you were you were there for me, Eric. No, don't wait for it. It's here for you. <laughs> you can also track us down on Facebook and maybe on Twitter. We might have a new development on that to, to look forward Soon to. Soon enough. So stay tuned and we'll be back next week with episode 125 i studied for weeks upon weeks for a spelling bee okay i was a young boy who was going to win the state championship of spelling beeage okay i got all the way up i could spell (laughs) like a motherfucker okay but i went okay i went ahead and i got to the state spelling bee and my father, okay, well, stepfather, whatever, okay, he <laughs> said, he said, hey, you got to go to the bathroom? You're going to be up on that stage for a while. And me being the young buck, what, seven-year-old kid that I was, I said, no, <laughs> I'm going up on that stage right now. I should have went to the bathroom because I had to go to the bathroom so bad I couldn't think, and I messed up on a simple word like, Pancake huh? or something. Okay? <laughs> pancake. Something like that. Easy. Easy. Pancake. I just, I had to pee so bad.
So when I need to pee, I go pee pee. You could well, solve all that by wearing a diaper. Wait, Eric, yeah. you, you don't have a Champions Online hero where you shoot. He does yellow. have the yellow snow guy. Oh, gosh, I thought I was remembering oh, my that correctly. G- oh my god! Yes, I do. Don't I? It's that's some kind of circle. Yeah, that's some kind of like yeah, that's like Freudian shit right there. Dude, seriously, you thought Planet. that character just came out of nowhere, but now we know he can't control it. He can't control it, and it's he ruined can't. his life. That's right. Oh, oh my god. Now, my bill will come... um, It should be covered by most major insurance (laughs) companies. 